down. So it's it's uh, an ab with absolute pleasure that um, I get to speak to Mauricio Suleiman. It's normally ringside. It's over dinner in Las Vegas. It's around the world. I hope I am not going to miss the next WBC convention either. I am coming, sir. I promise you now. Mauricio, thank you for joining me from your hunker down, bunker down in Mexico City at the moment. How are you, first of all? Thank you. Thank you, Garth. I'm doing well. My family is well. My mother, thank God, uh, we're just uh, following the advice, following the directives and staying home, staying safe, and trying to make the best out of uh, this situation. In the last week, I've spoken to some of the world's leading promoters, Mauricio, about how they are running their empires from home. The WBC has an amazing reputation in boxing. Um, how are you managing, you know, all the, the levels, the layers, the champions, the everything that you do around the World Boxing Council? Well, first of all, this is a... Uh, very uncertain time. Nobody expected this to happen. Uh, when it started hitting, we all thought it was going to be something that will go away easily. Now it's worldwide and uh, it's a complete shutdown of uh, sporting events and any sort of entertainment. So, sporting world is suffering. Fans are suffering, but there's no content that you can follow. But I am certain that things will change uh, soon. Things will start getting back to normal in different ways. But uh, what we are trying to make sure is that the promoters, that the champions and the challengers uh, are paid attention, are uh, humble, and uh, stay uh, with a firm conviction that nothing is going to be uh, done wrong. We want them to be uh, comfortable. Uh, we're going to work with the promoters and the networks. Uh, we're going to look at every single uh, aspect and every single division, every single mandatory, and just go by that and, and hope that uh, the world will uh, completely go back to the normal activity soon. Does that mean that you will, depending on what the time lag is, the delay, You'll be giving champions uh, mandatories. All of these, you'll be you'll be shuffling them along so that there will there won't be pressure to put fights on straight away. If large crowds can't gather, you won't be putting pressure on to make these events behind closed doors. You know, we have to look at every uh, aspect, every situation independently. I'm going to give you an example. Ubali, he's a WBC bantamweight champion. He is in France, which is in a complete shot locked situation, mm -hmm. which is different from other countries or other uh, situations. Yeah. Uh, Ubali uh, had to stop camp. He has no access to uh, sparring partners, and maybe the, the world will begin to have events, let's say, in California. And Uvali is not able to leave France. So we have to look at that specific situation and manage every division independently. And uh, what, what I can say, we're going to 
uh, have the complete uh, open criteria to make uh, justice for everyone at the best possible scenarios. Like you say, there's a different scale, time scale for each country on where yeah. the, the COVID-19 is hitting worst. Um, Robert Smith, who you know, the Secretary of the Boxing Board of Control, did a piece with me yesterday in the Telegraph newspaper saying that he expects that most of the boxers going forwards will probably need to have a COVID-19 test or a coronavirus test as part of their medicals going forwards as a matter of course. Do you think the WBC is going to demand that in terms of uh, its champions testing negative? And also, do you think a lot of other sports will do that going forward as well? You know, I believe the protocol for every single uh, activity from now on will include screening. Uh, that's only obvious. Uh, I don't know how, because right now it's the COVID-19, it's uh, what, what is taking over the world, but... Ubiquito, I, ubiquito. It's ubiquitous, it's everywhere, isn't it? Everywhere. Yeah. So I, I believe, of course, before engaging in signing a contract for a fight, I think it's going to be mandatory to have that screening for COVID-19 for you and your complete team. Yeah. It's going to be complicated. Uh, the steps to move forward, I'm sure there's going to be a large checklist for a jurisdiction uh, in order to, to be able to uh, sanction an event. As WBC, uh, what we have to do is work with the local boxing jurisdiction where the fight takes place, work with the promoters, with the managers, the trainers, the boxers, and be as flexible and as uh, uh, proactive as possible. Um, great answers. Um, specifically on boxers at the moment, um, Billy Joe Saunders uh, made a video in very bad taste um, about domestic violence. It was meant as a joke, but it backfired on him. It is unacceptable. He's had his license removed by the British Boxing Board of Control pending a hearing. Um, he was potentially, and probably will still if it happens, uh, be going into a fight with Canelo, who's WBC champion, you know, at Super Middle, isn't he? Is he? Yes, he is. Um, yes. um, what's your, what was your take on it? And, you know, I have to say, Weirdly, I know Billy Joe Saunders well. I've known him 14, 15 years. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, but he just does these things that are just inexplicable sometimes. They are literally inexplicable. The day after he did it, he was delivering water to our National Health Service in his Land Rover with lots of masses of bottles of water with no regard for his own safety. But besides that, what's your take as a, as a very responsible and um, president of an organization when you see a boxer do something like that, in joking or otherwise? First, I feel very sorry for Saunders. Um, he, he's been and will be uh, tagged for this action forever. It's going to be very hard for him to, to find uh, forgiveness. He's going to have to work very hard to that. Um, 
there are lines that you cannot cross. We live in a very aggressive world. We live in a world which domestic violence is an issue. We live in a, in a very fragile uh, situation. And now, where we are all in, incarcerated in our own home, when you are with, your, with a friend, when you are with your parents, with your brothers, with your whoever, the more time you spend, it gets very difficult. And as everyone that speaks about Saunders, they say it's a joke. And it could very well be a joke, but very bad taste, uh, very bad timing, even though there's no bad timing for that specific topic. Mm -hmm. Domestic violence cannot be tolerated and it has grown into be a world movement. So my thought is, I'm sorry for Saunders. Uh, I hope that he gets the opportunity to be forgiven and uh, he has to work very hard at it and uh, make sure with actions that he counter effect what that video did because it was a two minute video mm. and it was a very aggressive video and there was no joke while doing it. So the appearance is very negative. I'm sorry for the him and uh, my, my uh, personal uh, opinion or, or comment to Billy directly, go out and change this and do a lot of, uh, make sure that a lot of good work a lot of um yeah, work, yeah but not not to get back his credibility mm -hmm. but to clearly make sure that he endorses the complete opposite message because right now we every day we are challenging ourselves when you're home and you're worried about what's happening outside when you're worried about your family and your friends that they could get ill, uh, when you are home and you see someone that you know die, uh, when you see the economic world collapsing, uh, your mind can get very aggressive. And an example like that, you are, you are inviting someone to take an aggression against the woman. That is not correct. He's gotta immediately work on the opposite with actions i don't know if he's married or he has a girlfriend he's got children as well he's got boys yeah, yeah well i would be every day sending a message a different message hugging them kissing them and inviting others to be close to the loved ones nice um i want to ask about these british boxers affected by the wbc dillian white however many thousand days you know, um, that he has been waiting to challenge for the WBC title. Um, it's a complicated old story. Obviously, he had issues last July, which carried on till the early part of this year. Oh, sorry, till December, rather, he fought in December. Um, he's now back in action. You've, you've reinstated him, haven't you, as uh, the mandatory or interim? He's the interim champion and mandatory of the division. Okay. He was going to defend May the 2nd against Povetkin. Yes. Unfortunately, that has been already postponed. Uh, 
as I said, every division will be administered. His time for mandatory is February 2021. So uh, it is not a, a case like Postol, who is already mandatory and he was going to fight February the 2nd, then May 9th. Both fights have been postponed. That's a different issue. I would not uh, anticipate much on uh, on uh, on Dillian and just wait. It's the February of next year. Hopefully, the world will be back to normal at that time. But if we if we have um, March or if we have April, May, June, July off, let's say, does that mandatory position move to February, March, April, May, June, 2021 then? Because obviously the, 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 you know, the, you've got the trilogy fight with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, and we expect if, or either Pulev or Joshua holding those other three belts, we expect uh, a unification of an undisputed heavyweight champion after that. Do you not expect it to roll like that? No, I, I don't want to anticipate or speculate. Uh, first, let's see when the activity uh, begins. Once uh, the rematch takes place, Wilder and Fury, then we can see, because that could happen in July, that could happen in September, in October, we don't know. So let's not speculate. What I can guarantee is that uh, Dylan White has the February 21st as the mandatory date. And uh, we will see uh, once things go back to normal because his case doesn't really change. He's uh, February uh, next year and we will see how, how things evolve. You mentioned July, September, October for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three. Do you really think it's going to be July or September? I don't know. I don't know. I hope so. Uh, they were July, hoping... though. Do you really think July? I, it doesn't matter what I think. The only thing that matters what's is instinct? how... What's your instinct about this thing that's going on? What's your instinct as to when will we will be sitting in Vegas for another extraordinary fight week? I guess July is a good, I don't know if that fight or another fight. Uh, one thing I can tell you, there's many good news. China is uh, virus free now. There's medicine that is being positive and, and just we are a very strong world. Just everybody's participating. So people are going to start getting better. And once this uh, opens up, uh, sports are going to explode. You know, every boxer wants to go into the ring. Everybody's anxious to go back to training, go back to have activity. Uh, sporting fans are anxious to watch the events. Networks are urgently needing uh, content. So it's going to explode. And I, I, I believe July would be a fair time to see events starting opening up. I think you're very optimistic. I'm always optimistic. Yeah, I mean, no, I am. Listen, I don't want to be sitting around. My instinct is just to give you my take. 
I think big stadium fights and big arena fights will start in early September. That's there's, no, there's no difference. Anything, yeah. anything over 500, up to 100,000 is the same. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no difference. The spread so, is the same, yeah. 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 So, uh, as long as, I mean, this is a huge lesson for everyone from Timbuktu to London to Argentina, everywhere. Whether you are uh, filthy rich or the poorest, it has no distinction whether you're a politician or you're a worker or you're a boxer or a writer. It has no distinction. No, we are going to learn so many things from this uh, crisis. And uh, I feel positive that uh, the world is going to start coming back and it's going to be a, a new beginning in, in many ways. And uh, let's, we have to collaborate and participate. I'll tell you one little thing. When I go for my hours bike ride every day at the moment in the countryside around here, nature, the partridge, the pheasant, the grouse, the foxes, the rabbits, the hares, the hawks, they're really appreciating it. The geese, the doves, the, the, the ducks, they're really out in a, a deer, herds of deer, all out in abundance. I think the less aeroplanes, fewer cars, people being a little bit, I think nature's really actually thriving, believe it or not, at the yes, moment. But how, how do you go back to normal with, without all those things that we are used to do? Well, it's just remembering. Look, you and I have become, have become friends over many years. And like one of the things that, you know, we're kind of digressing a little bit, but one of the things that a lot of us are doing in this time, apart from being close with our families and watching over our families i've said it before we're grown men we have a responsibility we have a responsibility to help our neighbor across the road if they have a crisis right now just as a responsibility to look after our families and and be safe and not spread this this disease but it's kind of i think it makes you reflect i think it takes you back to your childhood I think it takes you back to when life was simpler. We, we, you are, as much as me, and in our profession, in a lot of professions, rushing around, trying to find five minutes for each other, trying to send a text to each other, on the move all the time, organizing, organizing. It feels like we've been doing this. I've forgotten we were doing this. Yeah. We've been doing this for about 10 or 15 years. This is the pattern that we've all been following, you know, because it's just social media, digital, emails. We never stop. We're working on airplanes. There's Wi-Fi in airplanes. We've all just slowed down a little bit. And it's probably good for all of us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I spoke to, I know he's not a WBC champion, but I spoke for half an hour today on Skype video with Teofimo Lopez, who's a brilliant kid. Yeah. Sensational. He, he, he said, and I cannot wait to see him fight Vasil Lomachenko. That is a brilliant fight this year. Brilliant, brilliant fight. Because... He was telling me how he, um, he's gone to Arkansas and they had a tornado pass over their house yesterday. So they were sheltering from a tornado. But he went out of New York because he's got asthma and he wanted to avoid getting COVID because he said, I might never be able to box again if I get COVID. It might just destroy me. And I'm 22 years old. But he was talking about the patience of this moment. 
And I thought, that's brilliant that a 22-year-old who's busting to fight, who's full of testosterone, is really listening to the lessons of now. He's moved into the countryside. He said, oh, my God, I'm 160 pounds at the moment, whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, he's got to make 135 or whatever. So it's kind of, it's, there's just lessons everywhere for everyone. And it's brilliant to see people taking those lessons on Mauricio, you know, and just when we all go back, I went out, I've been on my own for 12 days at home. Yeah. I went out on Monday to get heart medicine. I just had a heart procedure and get some groceries cause I needed some and going out. It was like, everything was in like detail. And it was amazing just to drive my car six miles to the local town, get some groceries and get some medicine and see people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's a movie. It's a, we're, we're living in a movie. We are. We are. Um, what we're doing in the WBC, we are keeping busy. The WBC workout. It's uh, in social media. Getting I've seen your daughter beating you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to see the punch that she landed. I, 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 I saw, oh, this morning, really, did she? Oh. She's, got, she's got a good hook, hasn't she? She's got a good hook because she gave me a good right to the chin. <laughs> And uh, we have the WBC talks. We're having lots of fun. We try to keep the community close yeah. together. And uh, this eventually will will pass, and we'll remember uh, these moments. Final thing: um, your WBC heavyweight champion. Who who would believe that five weeks ago we were one of the most amazing events ever in in Las Vegas, which we will always remember. People talk about. When we were in our group yesterday, you know, talking about Mike Tyson, that event with Fury and Wilder was one of the best I've ever been at. It was just unbelievable. The drama, the pageantry, the pantomime, the costumes, the, the build-up, the first fight, the two massive human beings, the, the, the fact you couldn't have predicted what happened, um, that the Gypsy King sings with the microphone afterwards. Um, <laughs> his son had a go at him the other day on the video. Did you see that? No. And Tyson's even been using his wife Paris as a weight to, to, to lift her. Is he, I want to ask, is he one of the most entertaining world champions the WBC has ever had? Absolutely. And uh, when you can walk the talk, when you can uh, get back from the canvas, get up from the canvas, and, and fix your life. When you're able to see a picture of 300 pounds, uh, almost wishing death by 400, suicide. 400 pounds. I'm oh, sorry, 400 pounds. 400. 400 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I, 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 was, I was little. Uh, <laughs> then, then to see him come back against all odds, against adversity, and face an undefeated champion who's been crowned for five years, yeah. coming out of two one-punch knockouts, and then completely dominating and winning the title. Uh, it's just uh, humbling, inspiring, and I am a big fan of Tyson Fury, and I'm very proud of him being the WBC champion of the world. While you're locked up, uh, in lockdown, are there two fights from history 
that you might find yourself thinking, you know what, I might just watch those fights or even one fight. Last night I watched uh, Bobby Chacon against uh, Bazooka Limon, 1982. The last fight for 15 rounds. After that, he changed to 12 rounds. If you have not seen it, you should. It's Bobby Chacon. I know Chacon, yeah, yeah. Again, Bazooka Limon. It's the third fight they, they did. Where, where, where was it? In Mexico City? No, it was in California, in Sacramento. It went, uh, I mean, it's so dramatic. It's a great fight. Uh, I also watched, I'm going to give you old ones that you have not seen because I can easily tell you the classics. Another one is Charchai Chionoi <laughs> from Thailand. Chionoi, C-H-I-N-O-I against um, Torres, okay? Yeah. 19, I believe 1968, Mexico, or 673, I'm not, I'm not sure of the date, but that fight is unbelievable. And one that I love in, from Japan, uh, Tatsuyoshi against Yasukoshi. Oh, my God. It's drama. But then the classics, Ward Gatti, one, two, and three. Israel Vasquez against uh, Marquez, one, two, and three. Uh, I love to watch Nigel Ben. I love to watch uh, John H. Stracy. Uh, there's so much boxing that, uh, you know, I have... Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Ali, I watched him. You met him when you were a little boy. He was in your house with, with, uh, with your father, Jose, wasn't he? Yes, yes, many times, many times. He, he was at home, and uh, we keep very close relationships with Lonnie, his wife, with Laila. I talked to him. Do you remember? Well, yes, Laila. Um, God, she's 40 now. Um, what do you remember of Muhammad Ali when you were a little boy, by the way? I remember he was so kind. He loved children. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he hugged me. He hugged my nephews. We have so many pictures of him holding babies and, and kids. I have a few stories with, with Muhammad Ali. The first one, my first uh, relationship to boxing that I realized boxing was I was home two or three years old, and uh, I hear a loud noise. So I run downstairs only to find two huge men in the living room with my father. And that was Don King and Muhammad Ali. Wow. Uh, then Ali came to Mexico when he uh, was trying to find the cure for his illness. Mm. There was a Mexican doctor who started doing some surgery. So he came to the house, we're having lunch. So my father calls me, he says, please bring Ali up to my study because he needs to pray. So I bring him upstairs. He asked me for some towels. I give him towels, he puts them down and he kneels down. Oh no, before that, he asked me, oh, what a beautiful picture. It's Muhammad with Layla when she was yeah. a baby, by the what way. A, 
What a beautiful picture. By, by, by um, Michael Gaffney. Did you know Michael? Yes. Michael sent it to me. I just wanted to show you with you talking about that. Oh, and here's my dump on Trump toilet paper as well. <laughs> so then uh, he asked me, uh, excuse me, please tell me where is the Mecca? Okay. That means the, to the, the direction. The direction to where he has to pray. So I think uh, it's the West. And I'm Jesus. I'm, I'm 12 years old, and you have a Lee asking you that. I you said, oh, yeah, yeah, that way. <laughs> he goes down and prays and that. We come down. I go to the kitchen, and I tell my mom, mom, this happened to me. She, I said, what do you tell him? I said, to go that way. He said, you idiot. You sent them to the North. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and then another one with Ali was sensational. Um, you know this trick with the fingers? Yes. That mo that's a Muhammad Ali trick. To go like this, and it makes you feel like a beat. Something is there. <laughs> so the, one of the last times I saw him, he was at the MGM. Uh, he was in a wheelchair and he was very low, very down. Mm. So I went to him and I did this to him, okay? And he just looked at me with a, such an amazing face. I told him, your, your legacy will live on with this yeah, trick. Exactly. So many memories with Ali. And uh, I'm so blessed. I, I have memories with amateur boxers, four-rounders that never make it. Or Ali, Tyson, Lennox, any, any professional and legendary fighter. Uh, we try to be very close at all times. Listen, it's great to speak to you. We are, you know, I mean, I know I'm a journalist and I do my job, but I think we're unlike any other sports in terms of, like last night we had, when we chatted a group of us on, on Zoom, people who've been involved in the industry 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 years, five years, but we all love the sport and we really love and appreciate what, uh, our athletes do in the sport and it's just I think the other thing in our sport is that people are allowed to be themselves or I certainly feel like that you know you can be yourself if you're bringing something and you bring all of yourself and your passion and your love of it and you're real and honest you can just be yourself do you know what I mean absolutely you know and it's just and it's an absolute pleasure I want to toast you it's your 20th anniversary for you and your beautiful wife. 20 years today. 20 years today. And look, and you're not even fighting and you're, and you're stuck indoors together. <laughs> you know, I wash dishes. I make my bed. Well, you've got to at the moment. <laughs> she's, she's a wonderful. She's the love of my life. She has taken care of my kids while I'm away. Yeah. Uh, this business makes you travel and makes you have late mornings, early nights, and she's just uh, a great support to me. Well, maybe you'll have another child in this period then, yeah? Maybe we will name him COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Salud. Salud. Thank you so much, Mauricio. Thank you. All the best, Garrett. God bless. You're my dear friend. 
You too. Take care. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I think I've stopped recording now. Okay.